in in memory of of lapis itch ni sun shut up and sit down Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter, the place for slightly off-centre commentary and discussion about most things rugby in the Southern Hemisphere and a mild dabbling in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, with me today is Ben. How are you, Ben? Hey, Matt. Uh, well, thanks, and you, Matt? I'm good, thanks. And as joining me as well is Alex. Hello, how are you? Not too bad. And Adam can't make it today, which is obviously obvious to the rest of you because I started this off, not Adam. And in Adam's place, we've drafted in Ant. Hi, Ant. How's it? How's it? Good to be here. Oh, good, glad to have you. Okay. Um, so let's look at a bit of the news first, I think. Start off there. What um, we were talking beforehand about. How it basically got leaked that for the future expansion for the Super Rugby competition and Sanzar's vision for they want to add what was it five American no it's not is it as many as five Americans well they they want to I don't know they want to they want to target America and then there's been a proposal to take the competition up to twenty teams so super super twenty presumably like I don't know like a lot of we seem to view America as just like this promised land where, you know, once rugby goes there, everyone who picks up a rugby ball is going to become a billionaire. And, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, a few sports have tried it, and no sport has really broken. Like, football's had a fair crack at kind of trying to break uh, – sorry, soccer. Uh, obviously, they have football in America already. But they've had a fair crack at trying to kind of break the American market, and it hasn't actually – it hasn't kind of come too much, has it? No, I mean, I how know. much did they spend? I think, I mean, financially, financially, it's probably been quite a big success because obviously they got the numbers to make up crowds, right? But in terms yeah. of their contribution to the sport, I don't think anyone's like particularly worried about them at the next, well, this year's FIFA World Cup, for example. But I don't know. I mean, maybe we just don't have perspective on how long it takes for a, a sport to really take root and develop a proper culture because, I mean, we know, you know, history has shown us that that's what matters more in rugby than anything else is the rugby culture. Because New Zealand don't have massive amounts of players and they don't have huge stadiums and I don't think they even have that much in, a financial investment in it. But people stick around and they, they develop obviously the best players in the world on a consistent basis because of the culture. And you can't buy that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Also, America having, what, 100 times or close to 100 times the amount of people does help. Hmm. They don't need, yep. need as many people playing. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I with, guess I guess if one one percent of the population plays, that's whatever three three million people, which is huge yeah. compared New to population. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but, we'll see. I don't know. It's got potential, and I think it's it's worth exploring. But I definitely don't think that we should be tinkering with Super Rugby at this point. Like, it's also I just think it's yeah, so it's, distasteful. Like, just a year after kicking out the 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 cheaters, the kings, and the Western Force, to now start courting teams from you know, just money-rich and rugby-poor countries is, I find it very distasteful. No, yeah, I mean, I and, and it, it, it adds another time zone, which jeepers, like, Not already, really. like, I, 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 we've got well, the Aguaris time zone already. 
I think but the states have the states itself split into what like four or five time zones, isn't it? I think it's yeah. a three-hour time difference, three-four-hour time difference from east to west coast. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can so, tell you for free. I'm not watch any of those games I, I, if it no, materializes. No, I agree. That I think the proposal should be just kept in mind that they did say it's for th- 2030. It's not for like two years' time. So I mean, yeah, I think yeah. they. Oh, that, I, I thought I thought it was the current thing that they're going. I thought it was 2020. Yeah, I also thought it was 2030. Oh, okay. If it's 2030, oh. you know, that's, there's a lot of provisors that'll be, you know, needing to happen first. Like the current league that they've just started this year needs to work, obviously. I mean, they've only got five teams in there, so it'd be quite difficult for all of them to play Super Rugby. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't get that far in the article. I, I, read yeah, I saw the headline and it's got... <laughs> I'm of the opinion that money should go into America. America should develop. It's better for everything. But I don't see it at the expense of... I hate to say it, but our tournament, you know, the one the one that we are, that, that uh, they should, trying to develop it, American rugby should be, shouldn't be at the expense of... America's problem. Yeah, it should be their problem. We shouldn't be the ones going to America saying, look, fix this shit. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, but I, I would say, like, I guess in the last... Because America's not bad. I was looking at the rankings the other day. I think they're kind of 15th in the world. Does that they're like to... around there, but sort of... How much, like Fiji, with, how much of that has to do it's, with their sevens? I was no, going to say, that, does that actually figure in? No, I don't think your sevens counts. Yeah, I know your ranking. sevens, but um, think, there must be. Is there like a infrastructure or some sort of offshoot from like players sort of drifting from the sevens game into fifteens? Yeah, no, there's definitely is some cross pollination. Because I mean, mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to get in America invested in anything is say, oh, you can win an Olympic medal for this. Well, I mean, that, that's why there is such a, I mean, investment in it. If you look at the players that they've got now relative to, say, six years ago, I mean, their sevens team has completely changed. Like, they've yeah. brought in a whole bunch of track stars. They've brought in a bunch of Islanders to try and, you know, give the, the Olympic medals. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's worked, to be honest. They, they're pretty... Like, like if yeah, they won... If, if they won an Olympic medal for sevens, it wouldn't be... Uh, it, it, would be it would be it an would upset, be but... But it wouldn't be a complete. It wouldn't be Leicester with the Premiership. Yeah. Yeah. It, w- it would be within sort of reason. Yeah, they're not, they're not bad. Not a. It's not a surprise if they come top three or four at a tournament. No. Uh, yeah. They're above. So, um. They're above Samoa, in the 15 side rankings. Yeah. We we are they? 14th. They're 15. You're a spot on. Yeah. 15. Okay. So yeah. So Samoa's. Samoa's team must play. Yeah, I don't know. So, so, so we've been following like the MLS a little bit, and we had a little look at the teams a few weeks ago. But I'm kind of disappointed to see that there's so few guys available for them. Because you would have thought that there'd be a lot of keen rugby players who are just waiting for something like the MLS, or no, sorry, not the MLS, MLR uh, rugby tournament, to as an opportunity to go professional. And it just seems like they they mostly kind of has been formed of players for the national side. And then a bunch of foreigners. Like, there's even a guy. Um, well, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of guys from overseas, like from South Africa and from the islands and stuff. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're quite ready for it, but I don't know. They're taking the first step, I guess. So. We'll I mean, that, that's natural. You know, you're not going to get a five teams worth of nat- like local talent immediately. You've got to start with foreigners yeah. and then try and get local interest and then grow the teams from there. Like, yeah, I guess I mean, look what, yeah. did did you have you? I was watching it the other day though, and some of the fields don't even have try lines. Like, it's like a it's like a repurposed <laughs> football field, and the 
the football line, the the sorry, the the soccer field, because I guess we're talking about America. Oh, but in yeah. the soccer line, the soccer lines are in white, and then the rugby lines are like in black. So literally, players are kind of like running. They're like five meters over the try line before they're like, oh shit, we should probably put the ball down now. Like obviously, someone's yelling from the touch line or whatever. Like yo, it's a bit. It's coming off as a bit amateurish and like. If there's one thing I thought Americans would do properly with the rugby thing is make it make it a good sort of be professional about it because that's kind of what they're good at. Yeah, but, no, but anyway. structure is also one of the things they shit at, apparently, according to the news. Oh, oh well, that's what I guess. But yeah. Just dealing. Um, I think we've, think we've done this. Yeah, I think we've covered that quite. And moving from the future to let's look at Sad news for the present and woes in the tournament. I think it's also endemic of the problem. I know there's been lots of cries for kicking the Sunwolves out. There's news today that Lapislav Skagni, you know, favorite of this point, is no longer going to be playing for the Sunwolves because originally his contract from the Spears was that he was only to play up and for the Sunwolves at least, up until play for them up until the end of. April. Now, I know Adams weighed in and said that this is exactly why the Sunwolves should be cut from Super Rugby. But I mean, I don't know. For me, it sort of thinks of the top league not playing along with with the sort of broader idea of J- Japanese rugby. It's a fair summary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is a bit weird. Like, they. Sorry, I'm doing the feedback. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just, it just seems very. Oh, are, you, are you guys getting this this noise? Uh, it was a little uh, with Alex now, but it's gone now. Is there anything? Yeah, there, exactly. There, yeah. I'm assuming it's something from Matt's side. I don't... Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't okay. know. But yeah, it just feels very amateurish with Lapis. Like, I don't know, I feel... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Yes. For I'm someone who's made... disappointed because it's been so good. Yeah. To be... I mean, the whole captain. games, yeah. But but so so what? It's just a contractual sort of thing, huh? Yeah, that's so whatever Spears yes, had, whatever contract loan agreement that Spears had with, I don't know, uh, Sunwolves or their parent organization or whatever. So it was that Lapis would basically fill in some sort of blank up until the end of April. I don't what? know if they, I don't know. I haven't had a look at the squad to see if they've got someone on the injury list or something that's been injured up until now and is supposedly fit from this month, maybe that Lapis was covering for. Cause I mean, it's stupid to have someone for just over half, have a loan agreement for half, yeah. just about half a season. I, I, I was under the impression if um, the Sunwolves uh, were going to like, they sort of promised to prioritize super rugby to basically, that was kind of the condition they got in on, that they would basically put out the Japanese team. That, they would they would, that, yeah. they would, would put out the best team possible. They would pull all their resources. So it, I, I don't really understand how sort of his his Spears contract is um, trumps that because that doesn't really make sense with the, uh, the, the whatever, their the, the, the promise that they put out. Yeah. I haven't read too much on it, but I know there's, they've got something, they've got funny nonsense with their contracts. I know that, like a lot of their players aren't necessarily. I know okay, the foreign ones tend to be 
club uh, uh, employees of the club, so to speak. Whereas the local players and maybe Luppy's been there for so, so for so long as well. Count falls under the local player where they actually are an employee of I think Spears's Toyota or the Blitz. I can't remember, but they tend to actually be an, an, an a Toyota employee. So that's almost outside of that. I, I'm not exactly sure, but I know there is something strange about. There is definitely there, something along those lines. Yeah. There is a there is a weird sort of contracting system there, that some players are contracted to the club. I think that's you know the foreign players and out like your Warren Whiteleys and that who spent six months there, and the other guys are contracted to the the parent. So they they don't have team sponsors like ours or DHL Storm is is a sponsor. Toyota is actually the owner of the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they they play for companies in a way. It's not yeah. like Toyota's the sponsor. Toyota is actually the club. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's Toyota's team or whatever, or Santori's team or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, so it's, not. It's, I'm not. Is that like the IPL? I'm not sure of the IPL. I don't follow it enough. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not Sorry. entirely sure. But that could be. It's the only way I can think of that. Some shenanigans they are trumping it because yeah, that's. I mean, that's what they promised now as well when we were looking at the last set of calls is that they were going to focus, that they've, that's why we've got Jamie Joseph as the Sunwolves coach right now and all that is because the JRU stepped in and actually made sure that their national coach was coaching the Sunwolves and have been trying their best to pull uh, top players into the Sunwolves. So that's why I think most of the Sunwolves squad at this point are the guys who played in the end of year tour. If I remember correctly, most of the squad is those guys. There are one or two missing still, though. And I know Lapis obviously isn't in the national side, though. Mm. Oh, I, I think I think they should make they should make a big push for for Mafi next year. Try I don't, whenever whenever his Rebels contract is over, because I think he'll be a good talisman mm, yeah. for them, because he actually plays for Japan as well. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. doesn't that be a good call? What's this? No, I'm I don't. I don't. I don't see why he would prefer to play for the Rebels. To be honest, I, I'm sure that they, the financial implications must be about the same. Power yeah, of the yen. I can't imagine. And it obviously, there. he's from Japan, so I mean, to be fair, I don't know what his circumstances. I don't know where he's like lives, where he's based. He's yeah, family. yeah, like, for we know he's married to an Australian or something. But yeah, um, should we move this along before Adam comes yeah. online and shits on us? Yeah, let's. Be, yeah, for fear of Adam shitting on us, um, this. You guys were mentioning the baby box. They just beaten Scotland. Is this good signs? Good signs for times ahead. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like the team, if you have a look at the squad, it's actually really, really good. They've got guys like Salman Murat, who's the squad captain, and he's actually turned out for the Stormers already. And um, a couple of other guys. Uh, yeah, just some, a couple of big names that have been in and around some of the club scene. So they are looking really good ahead of the Junior World Cup, which is coming up quite soon. I think it's normally in like June. Mm, yeah, it's June-ish, I think. Yeah. yeah, but we are we are just saying before the before the pod started how they seem to be taking it a lot more seriously because we had those was it two or three matches against Georgia? Two. It's two, yeah. Mm, two, yeah, two. Yeah. yeah, so we had those two matches against Georgia, and now they're actually on like a proper a proper little tour. So. I'm not sure yeah. what happened in previous years, but it does seem that we are taking this Junior World Cup quite seriously now, which is good because I think any any sort of exposure they get to a, a professional setup is a positive in the long run. Because 
realistically, if you're playing baby box, you are probably going to be playing Super Rugby in the in the future, or at least the uh, Curry Cup. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something we should aim for. Like, it's it's a really nice way to breed success as well, mm. um, and to get guys like into the habit of of you know playing under high pressure games against you know pretty good opposition. And of course, we're likely to see a lot of the guys from other junior teams filtering through to their senior sides over the next few years. So it's a really good opportunity, I think. Yeah. I... No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Are you all stunned? Yeah. No. It's your point of clarity is just too good. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. Should we, should we move on to some of the games, Matt? Yeah. Let's look at the games. Speaking of the junior box. Um, first game which didn't have any junior box in would be <laughs> Chiefs and Jaguars. <laughs> okay, I managed to great segue. Great segue. You know what? I managed to pull it out of nowhere and went nowhere with it, but still. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So Jaguars over the Chiefs, right? Yeah, Jaguars beat the Chiefs in. Yeah. What seems was, to be. It was be... in Rotorua. Yeah, so I thought you were looking for the location. Yeah, and judging by Super Brew, a massive upset. So oh, massively. Massive upset. But, yeah, I don't know. Who, who wants opening thoughts on this game? Ant, first. Let's sing as you first, Ant, you, as it's your first time, you can go first on this. <laughs> Trial by fire. I, I can wait in, but my my commentary will be limited to the TV that I could see like kind of over my work desk, um, which is a bit of an angle. But from what I could tell, the Chiefs didn't look amazing. They looked a bit kind of... They made, seemed to make a lot of mistakes and that the um, the Jaguars really took their points when they needed to. I mean, Buffelli's like, what, 50-meter uh, penalty from the touchline was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and also he set up their second try, I think, for Miano. Um, so the Jaguars seemed to just found like a really, really rich way of band of form. Um and they've got a confidence now in them, which has been what I suppose most people have been hoping for for a while, which is good to see. But I also heard a stat during the game, and maybe, maybe this will need to be verified by someone else, but someone said that last year, Lavanini by himself has got more yellow cards than the whole team has got so far this year. And I think that's quite indicative of how well their season is going, is that they finally, you know, everyone said that if they played with 15 men for most of the, the time, they'd probably be winning. But they inevitably got two yellow cards in the last 20 minutes, and then they'd lose. So if this season they managed to keep most of their players in the park, uh, it'll translate into results. Yeah, I, I totally believe that's that. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that that makes, yeah. I think <laughs> someone gave Levanini a Spanish language copy of the laws at some point over December, January. Because mm. even he actually looks like he's learned some fresh rules. Um, yeah. How much of it, though? I know the Chiefs had a horrible sort of upset in their loose trio, you know, and all shuffling around and. Yeah, Sam came pulled out of the last minute. Sam came pulled yeah. out, and so the bench got reshuffled, and the whole whole back three got reshuffled as well. No, no but I'm sorry, you you plan you plan for this because you you have to try out combinations. You have to say hypothetically, if he gets injured, what happens? Hypothetically, if he gets injured, what happens? You know, you you play with you'll play with like you'll shuffle your loose trio in every kind of feasible combination. So. I I really don't I don't think it's an excuse. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you look at if you look at what happened, so I mean, Sam Kane came out right, but you really got Liam Messam starting, one of the most experienced Super Rugby players of all time, He's and obviously a great, great leader see. for the Chiefs. He's not being. No, no, no. But like in, in terms of in terms of the impact on the rest of the team, right? Yeah. 
like you, you haven't lost much in terms of leadership you got someone like Liam Messam and because of the Soa Kula coming up into the starting lineup then Brody Retallick was brought in who was supposed to be having a rest I think yeah so I mean that's that's not a huge loss like on balance you lose Sam Kane you get Brody Retallick on the bench I don't think like too much can be put down to that especially when you look at their backline because they've now got Tony Pudu back from injury so they're essentially looking at their best backline okay, I don't know how good Alex Nankavell is but he's got to be better than Johnny Foley so their backline was basically as good as it can be and their forwards really didn't take that much of a knock in the meantime Haguares have lost uh, Pablo, Mat- Pablo Matera yeah. a couple of weeks ago so that's quite a big loss for them and yet somehow oh and also don't forget that they they benched Augustine Creevy for this game yeah. so they already I don't know like the selections can't explain the result I don't know what it was Somehow the Hagrara has just got into it. Yeah, they've had a phenomenal tour. Like they won four in a row on tour. Yeah, no, it's a the last time a South African team cleaned up on tour? It it must have been like I would guess the Bulls of like 2007 or whatever. It was probably the last time a team went four from four on tour. Yeah, especially if you mix of New Zealand guys. So yeah. I was just saying, I, I, I do remember that the Lions, the one year when they won nothing, they did win three out of four, but I can't remember a team doing four out of four. And I think someone, I heard someone saying it's never been done before, but... Yeah. I would believe that it's never been done before. I'd, I'd buy that. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's pretty impressive either way. Like, it, it definitely hasn't happened in the last eight years, I would reckon. Since Super 14, I doubt it's happened. Yeah, but this this is the this is the Jags meeting their their because they're essentially an international team because because when when they go play rugby championships when they play in the World Cup they compete with other with other Test nations and now they, their their team's basically unchanged from that so they should they should be one of the best teams in Super Rugby so I think they they kind of they're realizing it so. You know, it's yeah. good on them. It's good to see. It's good to see teams playing to their potential. Anyone who listens to this pod regularly will know I'm not their, I'm not their mm-hmm. biggest fan. But yeah, like you know, what I'll I'll eat some, not literally, but I'll eat some humble pie on this one and say they are playing. They they and do you know what they they playing they playing like test match rugby at the moment. You know, like they thriving off errors. They are taking their points when they when they have the chance to. And it's working, like it's working. It's like Test match rugby versus sort of the the expansive super, the super rugby, which we've become used to. And it's clearly that at this point, the sort of the take your points when they come, keep your errors low, is working for them. So yeah. But I mean, that's yeah. that's the weird thing is that I just have absolutely no idea where this came from, because as you all remember, like not, it wasn't so long ago when they were playing at home that they were performing, you know, playing the complete antithesis of the way they're playing currently. There were non-stop errors, non-stop decision-making. Um, Running from the entire line. Yeah, exactly. Like and like every time they got into a kickable position and were awarded a penalty, they'd kick from the corner and try and maul it over and they'd fuck it up. So somehow they've just like had the self-awareness to do a complete 180 on that approach overseas when they couldn't do it at home. And it's... I don't know. Like for some reason, it's working. I can't explain it. I mean, they have had a change of coach this year. I mean, previously, I can't actually remember who it was, but it wasn't the same as their national coach. But now they've got Mario Desma, who was coaching with the Wallabies for the last whatever four or five years or so as a forwards coach. Do you reckon he's brought a, a huge element of professionalism and kind of more of a national view of the game to the local side? And now it's you know, after ten rounds in, it's finally clicked. Maybe it's just uh, it's, it's weird so that it takes guts. that long. It's the one big change I can sort of also. 
I'd half attributed to as well. I would half attributed mm. to. Well, yeah, they haven't really. They, their squad hasn't really changed. So presumably, the change Not... came from the the coaches because yeah. yeah. So okay, speaking of teams living up to their potential, the Rebels continue to implode and went down to the Crusaders 55-10 for the second game on Friday morning. This game I didn't see at all. I know Ben has something poignant to say on this game, though. So, Ben, if you want to kick it off. Um, Yes. Uh, Will Genia went off at, I want to say, about 38 minutes. It was 10-10 when he went off, according to your... The score was was 10-10. After Will Genia went off, the Rebels conceded 45 points and scored zero. Um, and I'm going, coincidence? I think <laughs> not. And I, I'm going to make a big claim, which I'm sure someone's going to fact check and insult us on Twitter, and we're going to lose like 10 of our 16 followers or whatever oh. it is. Oh, go for um, it. Have we got, have we got 16 yeah. followers? Um, Adam said no. once we've got yes. like... <laughs> uh, sure. Hello. Hi, guys. Uh, oh, here he is. Um, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and I, I thought about this, and I've like looked at the numbers a bit. The rebels have never been behind when Wolgenia has gone off. Mm. That is that is my my hot take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could agree. I could feel that that could be right. I mean, he's definitely they are a different team when he's playing when he isn't. I've got more faith in the Lavanini yellow card stat than I do in that stat. Um, <laughs> but uh, even if we don't want to get too scientific about it, I think it goes without saying, and I don't think anyone would disagree, that they're a far, far worse team without him than they are with him. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that would be true for any team, um, but it's especially true for the Rebels, who I've, I've maintained since before the season are, are not a good rugby side. Um, and yeah, I think Adam's prediction of them finishing on top of the Aussie conference is not looking so good right now. I don't know about that. The Waratahs have four games in a row against New Zealand teams. The only reason they're far ahead of anyone else is because they've only played one, the weakest one. So yeah, <laughs> you know, give them a couple of shots against the New Zealand teams, and I think the Rebels might just be back in a shout again. But it's only because the rest of the Australian conference is not particularly good either. This is why we brought you on. Shit like this, looking past your own nose, we are unable to do this. Yeah, we just sit on the 80 minutes we saw this weekend. We don't we don't look at the log <laughs> yeah. very much in the, in the upcoming... We don't look further uh, than I this mean, week's Super Bowl. No, like, I think, look, it's, it's going to be close. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked because they do it. They did it at that good start to the season. But they're, they're a game ahead of the rest of the conference at the moment. And yeah. so they've got a bye coming up in two weeks' time, I think. And it's, uh, you know, the Reds have a couple of easy games, I think. The Red, the, oh, sorry, the Reds still have to play the Sunwolves twice, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, they're oh, playing the Sunwolves sure. now. They're yeah. playing the Sunwolves this week, and then they're playing them. Yeah, I so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised good. to see the, the Reds leapfrog the Rebels, um, especially if they don't have Guinea. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think, think, I think the Waratahs will have enough to, to top the conference, but I might be wrong. Yeah. No, it, they, it'll be close either way, but I think yeah. But okay. this this is exactly like there's no like even the Kiwi Conference there's no like dominant side. They just kind of they can all actually well the Blues are very much not dominant, but they can all and sort of beat each other on their day. Mm. 
I don't know. I, I think, I think the, the Sailors are the Kings. But ahead of every other team at the moment. Yeah, the Crusaders and the but even the Highlanders aren't actually they haven't had a great season to be. I like the Highlanders. Though. Highlanders, are yeah, the Highlanders yeah. rather than dominating, and the Chiefs going down to the, the Jaguars. I think I think that's kind of throwing them off. If they don't come to South Africa and have a good tour, I think they're out the running. No, no, but yeah. I don't like once again. I'm I'm going to put it out there. Um, Damien McKenzie, he's great on fantasy, but I don't know how good he is at kind of bringing players together. Mm. It's a tough one. I don't know, because I liked him last season when he filled in at fly half to, uh, for a couple of games. And I actually think it might be his best position. But I think what I think that that's not the problem. I think what they're missing is um, a good a, a good sort of a similar-minded inside center. So, I okay, maybe... Maybe I'm just biased, but I think Johnny Foley's the problem. Um, because if they had someone like... <laughs> Look, it's been to your, your original... wasn't even playing, Alec, but, but somehow he was on the bench making bad eyes. And... <laughs> he was just, the damage is done. Like, he's, he's, he's rotted away the team spirit. But anyway, so, I mean, your original point regarding Damien McKenzie, uh, Ben, uh, when you blasphemously compared him to SP Maria, was that... He's too erratic, right? So, like, players around him don't know what he's going to do. So, they, they can't really give him the support that he needs. And he's just too unpredictable. And, yeah, he ends up being a bit sort of stunted. But I think that that can be solved better by having players around him who are more responsive and are more aware. So, you, you get a guy like Charlie Naita, who's obviously at fullback currently. And you put him in the centers with Anton Leonard Brown, rather. And suddenly, you've got two centers who actually a very, very good instinct. Because, I mean, Naita's no. got this weird way of always popping up where he needs to be. I, I would reckon that would create a much better balance to their team, yeah. Yeah. I agree there. And then Damien McKenzie can do his, you know, ridiculous Willy Wonka stuff in the midfield or, like, in the back line. And you get guys like Naita and Anton Leonard Brown who are just sensible and aware, and they just pop up where he needs them to be. And then it'll start working, I think. Because at the moment, you just got shitting Johnny Fauli and Alex Nankivell. So, yeah, what do you expect yeah. them? Yeah, fair, fair shot, Alex, fair shot. Anyway, we'll see. Okay. Okay, next game. Next game. Speaking of the Chiefs, um, <laughs> next game is first game for... First game of Friday morning. Hurricanes versus Lions. Okay. Okay. Um, this was, I don't know where to start. I mean, this was Alex is so angry about this. I, uh, if it's Alex, okay with you guys, I'm actually not, I'm not going to get involved. No, in I was going to say, do you, wanna just, do you just want to mute your mic and just spend the next 15 yeah. minutes just screaming into a pillow? And then when you're done, you can come back on and tell us you're ready. I, I'm actually going to mute my mic and I'm going to get a check on the veggies I put in the oven before we start. <laughs> okay, no, no. You, guys, you guys can discuss this game without me because I think it'll be better. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll be back in a few minutes. Good. Yeah, I don't know. Shame. I, I want to say the Hurricanes played an, a good game, an excellent game, which they played the Hurricanes game to an extent. But oh, but fuck, it was a comedy of errors on the Lions' the Hurricanes side. Great. They went the, no, they didn't play. Look, they didn't play a classic, you know, great Hurricanes. They're going to win every game. But they played, you know, above average from what you expect. And so they did a little bit better. But, but there was that bad lad. I mean, who scored two tries that he definitely 100% shouldn't have had any right of scoring. Yeah, but which that's... Is, and like I said, that's kind of a... I think this result is more comedy of errors than actual good rugby. I mean, yeah, like you say, Ben, oh, I'm just scoring oh, two was... of the luckiest tries and 
the Lions. No, but they they, they weren't they weren't lucky tri- lucky tries or shit like you know like they charge down or win uh, pass the ball into the post and shit like that. They were they 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 were opportunistic. And to be honest, like Cornbrink, who I'm a, who I'm a big fan of, like I'm currently I'm currently talking him up on the group. Um, but I, he he is he isn't playing his best rugby now by a long way. But no. he, he missed he missed two tackles. Those fourteen points are completely on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Job. He, he was, I think, he was one of them as well. But like, you know, it was two very poor reads in defence, and that's yeah, you know, fourteen points. Like, that's very difficult in a game that's only got a twelve point margin or eleven points, or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, what I think was very impressive in that game though was that even with marks off, the Lions made a huge number of turnovers in their defensive twenty-two. Like. That was the only reason they kept them in the game. Is that every time the Hurricanes got there, they stole the ball away. Oh mm. um, well, yeah, that's good. that's because they they played three fetches though. Yeah. If they played marks, they would have had four fetches. Like that's not bad. <laughs> that's the Australian way at this point. I'm telling you now, that's going to be the Australian watch. Watch against Ireland, they're going to be three fetches. Who's the third? Uh, if if honestly, if Australia play uh, Poco Cooper to... and George. I, I will be so happy. Like that, that will that I, I will support Australia for one day. <laughs> oh, shit, but yeah. Um. So let's see. Uh, Lions. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, like I, one of the comments I made early on in the game was, I know when, with you Ben last week, you said Elton Yankee seems to flip a coin to decide how he's going to play before the game, and as I said, he, his coin definitely landed low energy side up this weekend because fucking. He was jogging along. He didn't look like he was playing with any sort of determination no, for the no, most no, of the first half. I, I wasn't feeling a lot of kind of, obviously, you know, I was just, but I didn't feel a lot of like belief. I felt it was more like sort of, it was like damage control more than like, okay, let's actually really try win this game. Yeah. I don't and know I, I if that's the vision yeah. you guys got. Yeah, no, definitely. It seemed like, like I think it's it's what stood out is that Manus Skuman, who's he's a high energy player, but let's be honest, he's he's a Curry Cup level player. Yeah. He was by far the most influential lion because he was trying harder than everybody else. Like the guys next to him have twice the talent, but he was the standout, and the commentators could were raving about him because he was just running everywhere and doing stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, but also the, the, this plays into my theory how people with more uh, uh, haircuts that stand out more. Get noticed more by commentators and selectors. Like, like that, that was a, it was it was a great career decision for him to peroxide his hair. Or maybe uh, is that his natural hair color? I don't know. No, that was peroxide. <laughs> his eyebrows are, his eyebrows are cucked dark. That's that must be a peroxide job. Yeah, no, but but good good for him. It's helped. No, but like I don't know. Like the lines, obviously they. And he's I, now I, I, he's now the hooker yeah, color in Marx's absence. Yeah, like I, I yeah. really wasn't happy with. What? Yeah, he's. Really? They're not shipping. They're not flying a new hooker in. Marinus Skuman is also down as hooker cover. Oh, he's, got the, he's got the ball for it, so hmm, makes sense. Yeah, but that that's the the that makes the pack so light. Yeah. Because yeah. that line, I, I think none none of the loose forwards were over 100 kgs this week. No. And now, if they if they stick Mario Schoolman at hooker, he's what he's. I think he's a hundred on the dot actually. That, that makes it. Could be. I know. I know what. Either him or Kyle Brink is a hundred, and the other one's like ninety-five or something. Quack is eight and uh, ninety. Sorry. So that's yeah, no, Quack small. is very loud. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like Quacha so, should have been a wing. Scrum off, scrum off. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the story. Quacha should have been scrum off. Oh, let, let Quacha do what he wants. Imagine Quacha is like an explosive, hard-working wing. It'd be great. That'd be a lot of fun to yeah. watch. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, what do you guys think is the is the age you reach when you can't change positions anymore? Obviously, professionally. At, at what point do you think someone... I reckon at Varsity you could still make the jump. As a, he went over 10. And now he is apparently one of the best hookers in that league. Yeah, yeah but he was doping. So, uh, I think yeah, it depends yeah. on how makes it, it makes it easier. <laughs> I reckon no, moving no. from forward to backline after age 19 is probably quite tough. Just because there's a lot of backline sense in terms of line running and things like that, which is... You know, it takes yeah, a while. Experience, yeah. Whereas to move, I think if you you move the closer to the lower numbers, it becomes more about kind of hard work and getting dirty rather than about necessarily and like knowing where to be, type thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, Mark, Mark but moved like, to hooker at like he was 18 or 19 when he moved. Um, uh, Tom Youngs, he was a centre. Ben Youngs is right brother. He was a centre, but got moved to hooker by. Um, Andy Kamea when he was coaching Leicester there, so that was that was also quite a late move. Um, I think I think moving towards the forwards you can do relatively late, but moving the other way I think is, is probably a lot more difficult. So Matt Banahan was originally picked up as a lock. Yeah. Um, by the way, he re- retired this weekend, um, but I mean he his, he retired, spent sure. almost his whole. Uh, yeah, he's retired. I think. Oh, sure, that's a big. Um, he spent his whole his whole career at wing. Or center. Yeah. He's he's mm. over two meters tall. And he's Massive. over hundred kgs. He's huge. He's a monster. And yeah, he went from playing lock to playing wing. Yeah. Well, Ed Smith was the opposite. He was a, a center yeah, was a great center. playing like fourth team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it father who who spotted him? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think but, I remember. It was like it was it was either Banner or Elton Yankee's dad's. Um, kind of Elton Yankee's dad's also an agent. Was it? It was an agent. And he was going to Tigerberg to check out like the first team fixture or something, and he saw like the second or third team warming up or practicing. And spotted and this like, monster. <laughs> yeah, like an attack on a Titan in the back line. And, uh, um, <laughs> like went up, went up to him afterwards and was like, "Well, you asked someone who's that?" And they were like, "Oh, it's Irvin Itzabeth." And he was like, "Oh, um, Itzabeth." Is he slow? Why as is he in, there? Like Cliffy, as in Cliffy and Scotty Itzabeth from like the 70s or whatever, because his uncles both played for the box. Yeah. And um, I think it was Cliffy and Scotty. But then I went up to him after the game and was like, listen, young man, you need to take rugby seriously. You need to stop playing forward and everything. Because I think he was a bit of a problem child. Like he was a bit undisciplined, as you, know, as you can see. But yeah, so, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Speaking if one of, of our 16 viewers is a backline player, it's not too late for you. Yeah, you can bulk uh, up. But uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Marius Lowe, who I intensely dislike as a player, and probably a human if I ever met him. Actually, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, Marius. I think you just became blocked <laughs> on Twitter, Ben. <laughs> I don't even have Twitter. Three of the last um, six years have done that. He's apparently a retreaded flank. Uh, yeah. 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 He, yeah, he moved recent, back yeah. Yeah, during varsity or something. So you can see that he's got, you know, he's lacking that kind of sensor game, center game awareness at mm. certain times. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're he's right. Strong he tackles well, he's good over the ball, but like, he doesn't quite know where to be sometimes. Yeah. 
I could do a, I could do a whole segment on this. Uh, I don't want to get too into it, but I mean, yeah, as you guys said, your Crocker really could bowl right be playing in the back line. And other guys who could, could easily make that change include Sukumbuz and Notche, who I know we've spoken about in the group. Very much potentially so. playing yeah. centre. I think he'd be a great centre. He was a centre until like grade eleven or grade ten or something. Yeah, apparently. actually, I think I remember watching him in at school, and I was very confused when he showed up as a his forward. But also uh, Hachiva Daimani, he would be a great backline player, I think. Um, he's yeah. got the pace; he could play wing. He'd be pretty devastating. It's it's a lot of these guys who have who have sevens pedigree that seems to make you more um, interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, sevens I think breeds both sides of the field as well. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, okay. I think not not a lot of props coming out of sevens though, huh? <sighs> you know what? <laughs> True. Um, and on that bombshell. Not a lot of sevens players in the Waratahs Blues game either, I think. Uh, is that, is that true? Like, no, yeah, no, 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 not at all, not at all. But I, I couldn't think of any segue at all. I was trying to work on one and I just couldn't. So I thought I'd make one up. And I, I, was I, I had the perfect segue there. Speaking of retraded props, uh, Nayavura was on the wing for the Waratahs. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, there you go. The trade of ben, this is why you... This is why you should yeah. be head boy, Ben. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Blues Blues broke their, their sort of run of bad luck. Waratahs continued to carry... It was like the battle of curses. Yeah. Because it was the Blues curse of the season and then the greater Australian curse of like the last three years. Yeah, so, Aust- Waratahs went into this game where Australia was 37 games down to New Zealand. 37 games on the trot. I've seen at least one article saying, putting it all on Kirtley Beal and Israel Folau in the last three minutes when Beal decided to do a cross kick. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Kirtley cool. Beal is a fucking madman. What yeah. we like? Are, are you That's a terrible decision. Apparently they've done it. Apparently they've done it. I just wanted to defend him a little because it was it was so close to working. It that was kick so, was too so close. Closer, Falau was gonna catch it and he was gonna score. So yeah, I mean, it was exactly. just it was slightly off. But you know, any cross kick to Falau, I mean, watching him in that game was absolutely magical. I mean, exactly. he's a machine at getting in oh, there. Yeah. Like, so, it's not really a high risk play to Falau. Bill's defense. Bill also said after the game he thought they had a penalty advantage at that point. I I thought they did too. I thought they did. So yeah. yeah so you can see no, why so Bill took the risk. No, no, but yeah. who, who was who was refing that game? It was paper, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he he had his arm out, like 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 randomly at the lineouts. He would just have like his arm out occasionally. Also at rucks and stuff, like he would just have like done. stickers. Like, like like sometimes if a player would you know knock the ball but knock it backwards, he would just put his arm out in the direction he knocked the ball. Maybe he was and it like, was really maybe he was trying to be like. <laughs> Uh, stay on side or something like I don't know. Maybe he was trying yeah. to communicate, but just not doing a yeah, no, job. No, but yeah. I can I can sort of see I can sort of see where. But I'm sorry, but before you do something like that, you make sure you have advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Like. advantage. Besides remembering. I, I, I guess that. But they, they mentioned it every kind of few phases. They'll be like, it's still penalty advantage. You still under, you know, like they, they do. Yeah, but, you know. I don't know. Like, I, 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 get the, I get the blaming a portion to, to Beal and to Falau for obviously throwing the dice like that. 
But to be completely honest, if it wasn't for those two players, they it wouldn't, wouldn't have had the opportunity and... for a game-winning moment anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. they were pretty much the only two Waratahs that showed up. They were they were so good. Running off each other, they were just so deadly yeah, the whole but game. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a theory on this, that Falau is the only player good enough in that team to support Beal, and Beal is the only player good enough to support Falau. So they basically just have to pass each uh, other. But, like, but what happened to Foley? Like A couple of years ago, Foley was honestly up there with... Like some of the best flowers in the world. Yeah, yeah he hasn't been good like, ages. But, but, but reading reading Australian comment, comments on him, they don't rage him really. Like they they basically isolate that one game against England in the 2015 World Cup, and they said he was on fire. Apart from yeah. that, there's really very little love for him in Australia. They reckon he's not not That's up. So there. weird. But so who do they rate at Flyhalf? Like Debra Quaid. They love Quaid. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of calls for Quaid to come back Apparently play for the Quaid rest. Apparently, Quaid is loving life at Club Rugby. Apparently, Quaid is loving yeah, life playing Club Rugby. Yeah, getting dollars to do it. Well, yeah. I would also like to say Club Rugby. Club contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's fully contracted, so he's getting paid full dollars to go play Club Rugby. He's of course, he's wow. happy. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> what is it? Does he is it, at club? If he's playing club level, is he even eligible to play national side? Out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no requirement of that. Because fuck, you can, probably, be, you can call up an amateur. Fuck, it'd be hilarious to watch in the Irish games if all of a sudden Quaid trots out at one point. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I reckon Quaid in a Quaid in a club game must actually just be stupid. Like the amount of stuff he must do because yeah. there's less sort of there's like no accountability, and you have more time, more space. You'll be yeah. faster. He'll be stronger. I, I actually want to watch one of Quaid's club. There were, uh, someone, club someone put highlights up on the on the Facebook group. There were some highlights. There was there's a rugby club that they set up in a township just near where I live, and Carlos Spencer for some reason ended up playing for the third team for one of the games. Oh, that's amazing! And, like, <laughs> apparently, he would just tell people, just be like, whatever happens, just run over there and put your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they would run there, or would end up in their hands, and they would score. And like he just did this the whole game. And he just like fucked around and just scored like that's awesome. Set up ridiculous tries. Uh-huh. He was like 38 by then. I mean, he was old, but like he just re- trotted out and just controlled the game completely. So I can imagine it's a similar thing with Quaid. Like, Yo, yeah. no, but so the, this while you were still but, coaching the Kings, but was still have it though, hey? Huh? Yeah, I think like, so. It- if you watch like like Cape Town Tens and stuff, and you watch like the old like even. You watch like the old bullies play, and they still like they just have like a sense for lines and shit. They don't even run that fast, but they're just like untouchable playing against teams of like twenty year olds. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's the instinct yeah, in no, that doesn't true. doesn't go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's instincts. It's the same okay, like I... even other sports like squash. Like you just see those old guys who just I've got personal experience with this. You just can't beat them because yeah. yeah, there's no not, there's they're... no shot that you can play that they haven't seen a thousand times and played against. You know. And it's the same kind of thing with rugby. Like they just know how to use space so much, much more effectively than we do. And we also like reliant on. Yeah, I'm not, not speaking for myself here because it's definitely not true. But we're so reliant on our physical attributes that we don't really think about the game the way they do. So you get past a certain age and just kind of unlocks this new, I don't know, ability to see the game. Level up. Yeah. Yeah, speaking, exactly. speaking of relying on physical attributes. Oh no no no! But, but, but before, before you before you weekly segue away. Oh come on. <laughs> Fine. Can, 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 can I just say a better one than that for me? Can I just say something on Nyavura? How I'm actually beginning. To be, I'm, I'm beginning to feel sorry for him. No, I don't. Because, 
because he's just so he's so ineffective and they try give him the ball and he just knocks it on or fucks up. And then the comment the commentators were saying, Oh, what did they say? They said, Yes, um, if there is one criticism of Nyavora's yeah. game, it's his, his handling. Something he has had the order goes into contact a bit weak. And I was like, literally his <laughs> his game is being on the wing and weighing hundred and thirty kgs. That yeah. is his own attribute. He doesn't yes. kick, he doesn't sidestep, he doesn't hold the ball properly, he can't pass. Then like there's nothing positive about his game apart from yeah. the fact that he's a hundred and thirty kg winger. And now the commentators are telling me mm, if we were to really analyze it and find one weakness. Oh God. Almost <laughs> TV. Yeah. No, just, I'm not a fan said there on just on general the last two the blues games. The Blues game and then the Highlanders game last week. There's, it's two, two weeks ago where New Zealand teams have won games that they probably shouldn't have won by just kicking more penalties than the opposition, yeah. which I thought is a bit interesting. Yeah. yeah. So both, both games were outscored try-wise, but like they took their points when they were on and this, you know, they won the game. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So all yeah. this, you know, Doc, Doc days for, uh, for Australian rugby. Um, yeah, but I, I was I was talking, but but saying that Australia Australia beat. New Zealand in Bledisloe 3. Yeah. So in terms of the, the last fixture between Australia and New Zealand, um, mm. Austra- Australia actually won. So, But we've always said that, that Australia always put out a good national side. A good wallaby side, but it's just their depth seems to be too stretched too thin at Super Rugby level. Yeah. I do yeah. think the days of that might be numbered though. Because, I mean, yes, they, they had a good break in Bledisloe, but like... What what was that for? You know what like, what what led up to that? What did they do right that got them that win? And how yeah, much of a margin of error did they have? I would say not very much. So even now, like if you look at their KS, yes, they can put out a good first team on any given day. But at the moment, is that still true? Because their stocks are looking pretty slim if you look at those four teams. And the depth, I mean, with Kenya down, who are you going to start? James no, Tuckle. hopefully not Tibbs. You got Gordon and Powell. And Gordon, only, you know, like. Gordon and Powell probably. Yeah. No, but Genia, Genia is going to be fine. That's why I'm keeping him in my draft side, and it's going to be glorious. And he's going to score four tries on his comeback. <laughs> ben, so who, who did you trade for? I haven't checked it. Is it is it done? Yeah, top it's, it's all locked. It's all locked in. I just haven't checked. Uh, it, I've got a feeling. Valent Valentini. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, interesting. Um, That's what I thought. Did, did you trade for him? I did. Oh fuck! Am I ahead of you in the draw? I, I, I don't know. Order? I haven't. I haven't checked the waiver. But let's no, not, let's no, no, this. Ben. Ben, oh, I think. Oh, yeah, I, I guess. Think I'm sorry. Sorry. Order. I think you bottom of the waiver. Oh, for... <laughs> Who, who's you? Me second. I'm second bottom, and I think you bottom, Ben. <laughs> oh well, fuck. Okay. Oh. Fuck. Now, now you see, you ruined my. Because I was going to say, on, on my previous segue of relying on physical attributes, the Bulls, you know, that's been their stereotype for so long, went lost to the Stormers in Newlands with, in a game that I called. And I think hmm. you did too, Ben. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was uh, too I did. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I have to and, apologize. And, and, and out of, out of interest, what did, you, what did you super brew on this? Me. I, I picked Bulls. You pick Stormers. 
Maybe you should do our Super Brew episode as well because we shut at Super Brew. <laughs> uh, I actually now I need to apologize because um, I think I'm I should be eating hum- humble pie for this, but I don't actually have a pie with me. So if I could go, apologize, go 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 eat one of those humble humble vegetables you have in the oven, Alex. <laughs> okay, well I, I'll I'll commit to to doubling up on pie next week or whenever. Yeah, I'll bring a pie next episode. And then I'll eat a pie because I yeah I, I really I really thought the Bulls had enough to take it from the Stormers. Um, obviously I'm I'm happy to be wrong in this instance, but uh, like they were so dominant in Loftus the last time they played, and I really thought you know JJ Engelbrecht at 13, <laughs> I thought was yeah. that was all it took like <laughs> say no more, but yeah I, it was it was a really good game I, I really enjoyed it I I was there but I had really bad seats so maybe you guys well not bad seats I really I had a good view but I didn't have a great view of the game so you guys might be better qualified to weigh in oh, JJ put in one I or think... two good tackles I reckon did he collect a few bounties yeah one, nice. or, two, one or two scalps okay good yeah. lad what were you going to say Ant sorry yeah. I was just going to say I think it's just that, that that first five ten minutes where the storm is just like a whole bunch of things just really clicked and they just you know they got the two quick tries got a whole bunch of scoreboard pressure I think that just threw the Bulls off you know I think like I was very surprised by that start, and if the Bulls had been in the game or held them properly at the start, I think it would they probably would have gone on to maybe having a more like they would have won and probably comfortably. But mm. I think that the, the whole psyche of the game was changed so quickly, and then it kind of then out. But by then it was a bit late, you know, that the scoreboard pain had been done. Yeah, wasn't there some controversy about referee decisions? Mitchell said something at halftime, but I'm not exactly sure what decisions he was talking about. Okay. He reiterated that after the game as well, but I'm still not sure. I mean, he got that yellow card against Samuels that I thought was, yes. you know, even that was a bit generous. Like, so I, I was, I wasn't sure what he was referring to, to be honest. I, I, I read an article now that was criticizing the refing this round, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't happy with the the Hurricanes Lions ref actually, um, and then the I didn't the think ref. the shafts. Um, wasn't it the Highlanders game? I feel like in the Highlanders yeah. game the ref was poor. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I didn't. I it's thought that tough. that was bad. That wasn't great refing as well. But I, I think there, there are a lot of subtle things a ref can do. For like in the in the Lions Hurricanes game, I felt if a Lions player had his hands on the ruck ball, the ref would kind of just let the Lions player steal the ball. But it, when the Hurricanes had a uh, Hurricanes player had their hands on the ball, he would blow a penalty for holding on. So, so like that, that's a subtle little thing which you don't really, you wouldn't really pick up on. Mm. But to to me, like I don't know, I felt because how many penalties did the Lions actually get for holding on? Not a lot at all, hey. Eh? Mm, when when no. you think about it, they stole a lot of ball on the floor, and you and you're telling me now the Hurricanes players weren't holding on. Like you, you always hold on on the floor. That's how that's how it works. Like if all your instincts say you don't just let the guy take the ball. Yeah. But I think they could also come come down to the players. You know, if 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 as a player you go over the ball and you pick up the ball, yes, even if you ripped it, if you pick up the ball, you know the ref's gonna let it play on. If you lean over, I think I was in the Sharks game, something happened. You know, you lean over, you just kind of hold me like he's holding it. I can't get it out. You know, then the yeah, ref's gonna blow him. So like that, the that comes down to gamesmanship of the players the, as much as the ref's changes interpretation. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I was just feeling sorry for myself, but 
Yeah, so I mean, I'm not not saying it is the case, but maybe the Lions players weren't playing towards the ref so well. They were like, I can pick up the ball, so I'm going to. Whereas the Hurricanes players potentially were being like, I'm gonna, I want to try get win the penalty. But yeah, but but to me, like if if the player isn't holding on to the ball and you just kind of, you know, if, if you have the option to steal the ball, but instead you're milking the penalty, that shouldn't be a penalty. Yeah, but it's, you know, again, it comes down to how do you tell. Like, if the guy's no, got his hand over, no, he's not holding it down. You know, it becomes a difficult referee interpretation. It's obviously, a, it's obviously a very hard thing to tell, but I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing in, in water polo, you know. Like, the guy's on your shoulders, you duck your head. He's not actually dunking you, but the ref's got to yeah. blow it. It's the same kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, that's like, true. It's a good comparison. You, you just, you accept that some, you know, though that line is going to be crossed there. Like, you know, so you definitely yeah, so you can play. I think, like, just to get back to the Storms and Bulls game, I think the specific instances that I saw mentioned on Twitter um, included uh, Ramon Samuels' try, which was alleged to have been a double movement. Um, okay. It was right on the opposite side of where I was sitting, so I didn't, I didn't see it clearly. All I saw was uh, Peter Steptitoy giving away the opportunity to score a try. Um, and then there was another one. Uh, oh, yes, it was the when the Bulls kind of chipped through and everyone was chasing, and I think it was JJ Engelbrecht um, clashed so- uh, shoulders uh, with. That. Uh, I don't know if it wasn't Gallant. I, I, it was it one was, of the other uh, outside backs. I think it was Warren, wasn't it? Oh, Warner, sorry. That was a very, very. Oh, yes, it was Warner. 54, yes. I thought. Yeah, so, yeah, like, so he, Engelbrecht was, he was saying change. that it, that should have been. Engelbrecht, Engelbrecht didn't, didn't change his line. I mean, he did deliberately yeah. block the guy, but he's allowed to run a straight line. So, yeah. like. Yes. I, I mean, so it's, that, it's, that one was right in front of us, and I. Obviously, I didn't get to see the replay on the big screen, but my lifetime reaction was that it was fine. Yeah, the because time, both the players only... were genuinely contesting for the ball, and they sh- they clashed shoulder to shoulder. It wasn't a case of Engelbrecht being in front of Warner and then blocking him or anything like that. They both he ran into each other. Didn't drop the shoulder or anything. You know, he kind of yeah. ran his line. He jumped well, a little bit, but I mean, the, yeah, I was going to say the only shit thing in didn't Engelbrecht line. Yeah. yeah, was jumping. And but I think I feel oh. like they were both like th- this is what annoys me a lot of the time with these things is like especially when a player is jumping for the ball in the air. And then the the kicking team's player also jumps for the ball in the air, and then they clash in the air, and then it's always the defending team or the the collecting team rather that gets the benefit of the doubt. But they jumped yeah. into each other, like they there's a certain line uh, uh, before which they both are um, culpable, right? Mm. And it's the yeah. same thing here. Like Warner and Elbrick both ran their lines. They both ran into each other. Their lines bisected at that point. Yeah. And I don't think it's it's at all reasonable to blame one one player more than the other just because he's on the defending team. So I yeah, thought that was a good call. Like, there was an, an, a jumping incident in the Sharks game where they both jumped for the ball. And I mean, the one guy did fall awkwardly, but he landed on his bum, and the ref just said, "You know what? It's fine. Play on." And that's again, that's the kind of rationality you want to see. Is that both guys are genuinely jumping and going, you know, like let, let it roll. You know, like the guy didn't get hurt, and then, you know, everyone can get up and, and dust themselves off and move on. So like that that should apply. So. No, no, but. But but to me it's because there was one of the other games where um, you can bring up the Chiefs one. Where no no but basically no but basically the guy jumped and then he sort of tripped over his own player in there like his own player was in play. Mm. Do do you remember that? Was there wasn't a guy tried to charge down and jumped over Brody Retallick or something and then landed on his head and he got yellow card. No, didn't, that, no, that, no, that was Alderweiss. Alderweiss put out his arm no, though, you could no, see. No. The, yeah, Alderweiss yeah. put out his arm and you could see. Maybe he totally put out his arm. This one, this one the, the opposition wasn't involved. Hey? Yeah. It was basically a player jumped and then one of his players was standing there and that player kind of took out his legs. 
I don't mm. remember. But in in according to the letter of the law, the player who tripped his own player should get a yellow card. Yeah, but the, this is what I've mentioned because, before: is that he's created that danger. Yeah, but yeah. I think we, we have I've discussed this briefly before. before. Is that, you know, what I've oh. mentioned before is that for an infringement to exist, I think you need both teams involved. What you you can't infringe against your own team. No, no, you can though. You if you if you say if you punch your own player, you'll get a red card. Yeah, you will get a red card. Yeah, yeah but that's a, uh, so that's the thing. Like it's but like, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the inherent hip, rule, hypocrisy though, yeah. in the no, no. But this is the hypocrisy yeah. of the law because they they put such an emphasis now on the outcomes of the action, not the intention of the person. So you can obviously say that it takes two teams for there to be a, a foul if you go on the basis of there needs to be intent to spoil the game or to disrupt your opposition's chances of doing better in the game, right? That's the crux of what is a, a rugby penalty or a rugby foul. But what they're doing now is they say where there's a harmful outcome or likely harmful outcome to another player, you are therefore guilty of a, a penalty offense, right? That's what they're basically saying with the interpretation of the laws these days. Mm-hmm. And if that's your interpretation, then it shouldn't matter who the offending player is. But obviously... Like, yeah, so that's, that's the problem. Is that, yeah. Exactly. So that's the problem is that their system of laws are flawed. But the outcomes-based laws are stupid. I mean, exactly. They're yeah. completely stupid. Anyway, uh, just wait. Just wait. Did, did Ed come to that conclusion without studying law for four years? Have we all wasted our time, guys? <laughs> I studied for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I did the five-year one. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, that's I, what I, I, I mean, if you go back to the punching examples, you, you know, if it, there are times when a guy throws a punch and he misses, and then he does, and then he gets off so because he threw a bad punch. He's suddenly now less guilty of it. Like, he yeah, yeah, what are you trying to do? Because you don't execute in your foul play. It's yeah. oh, yeah, I don't know. suddenly like scot free. It's ridiculous. Or he he aimed for his face, but he hit his shoulder. So yeah, that's so a yellow card, not a red. It's like, no, he's, I mean, just because he's bad at his power play, yeah, he should still yeah. get equally punished. And it's like a scrum up punches a prop, should you be like, okay, shame. Ah, uh, you give you him know. a penalty <laughs> try for a fucking try. You get, yeah. you get <laughs> a penalty try for, for, for being that brave. You award, that, you, you award that level of braveness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if the prop falls over, then he's... Yeah, he has to be taken off the field out of, out of shame. Well, I wish that happened how many years ago when Cockett did that to Adam Thompson. I mean, he should have. He floored the guy. He definitely should have. Yeah, been that shouldn't have been a penalty yeah. on this logic. <laughs> speaking of Rory Cockett, and speaking uh, what's our last game? Matt? I was going to say, speaking of of, mis, <laughs> of misusing the rules and minor scuffles and kerfuffles... <laughs> Yeah, yours, yours is better. Fair enough. Yours is better. Because yeah, I was gonna say, Ruan, breaking news is Ruan Borta's copped himself, as, which I still don't understand why he got the warning. Because as far as I remember, it was Rob Thompson that threw him into the, into the signboard that he so that he couldn't take a quick line out uh, yeah, for himself. I I I thought I thought the, the, the ruling was that whoever the the reaction is worse than the offence. Yeah, normally that's what I also because it Thompson doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, it, no, it doesn't make sense, but that, that's kind of been what they've touted. Like, you actually you get punished more oh, for reacting. Yeah, so if you take the punch and, and show restraint. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you take the punch, obviously it's nothing. But so, say say someone punches you and you punch them back, theoretically your yeah. sanction should be greater. Yeah. You should get what 
you, and based on even, the current interpretation. Yeah. yeah, based on the current interpretation. But the reality is that it should be the other way around. Yeah. You've been more... You've judging their own merits. Yeah, they should be judging their own merits. They should actually just get the same. It's a punch. It's a punch. It doesn't matter who yeah. punched first. Yeah. And as we know exactly. from, from law, provocation is not a defense. So it doesn't matter that you... Uh, I don't know that from law. It's an incomplete well, defense. Yes, and, 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 and now you do, your law degree is complete. Well done. <laughs> and and it's, not a, it's, not a, it's a mitigating factor, though, at least. Yeah, but it's not a defense. That's yeah, it's not a defense. That's, not a that'll only come defense. in the sentencing phase. Yeah. But, you know, we don't want to get into that, do we? No, not just yet. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I give what like the tribunal of discipline? Is this not what this is all about? Uh, yeah, I think I thought so. this was a launching pad to come and become the judicial committee so we can actually get like equal rulings. Yeah, that is the that is the end game. We don't yeah. give it away just yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in a shark's you don't with the curry cup <laughs> So yeah, can, so. can we talk about Makazola Mapimpi quickly? Because can I just he was back... I just want to I I think I made the trade of the week by swapping swapping Mapimpi for Naira Voro this week on Thursday. Yeah. That, yes, you did. Was, yeah. <laughs> uh, who was that with? Uh, other Alex. Oh God. <laughs> and I made brilliant. the offer. I made the offer as well. Oh nice. Oh well, that's that's a great pickup. Yeah, because yeah. my pimpy was back doing his thing. Like yeah. I mean, as you said so long ago, Matt, he scores tries for a living. It's just what he does. Yeah. And he was back at his try scoring best this weekend. They just couldn't stop him. And every single time he got the ball, you felt like something was going to happen. And uh, he just looks like he has so much fun doing it as well. Like, he, he just seems the, like such a cool guy. And he does the little gritty hard do, work as well. He cleans racks. Both the Shark Stringers, to be honest, are, are good prospects in that. They're both very exciting to, to watch, but they both do the basics really, really well. They tackle well. They rock well. You know. Yeah. Um, and most importantly, you're not afraid if they get the ball isolated. Both of them, if they get the ball, even in tight traffic, you know it's going to take two, three, four seconds before they eventually go to ground. There's enough time for support to get there and clean out. Like, yeah. And I think that's the biggest, most important thing that we need in our wings. Our previous wings... You're so worried of them constantly getting turned over. You never spread the ball wide. If you spread, you know, throw a 20 meter pass out to Nkosi, it doesn't matter if there's three guys in front of him. He's gonna make some ground yeah. with his feet, and then you know there'll be time. And I think that's a huge, huge important thing that they, that both those wings do. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, it was really cool to see Nkosi playing well because I think he hasn't really lived up to his potential this year. Um, so this was a good yeah, return yeah. to perspective. He's been playing on the right wing. Which I mean, I presume yeah. is a move to try and make him more useful to the box. And seeing him do more of the right wing stuff, like he took quite a few high balls in heavy traffic, which was quite good to see. Um, you know, so he, I think that's probably why he has been a bit quieter. But yeah. he's doing the hard yards very well, and he's still being an exciting option. I mean, his his footwork before contact is quite good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was great. And Bosch also completed the back three really nicely. Mm. Fuck, I um, hope it was good I to hope see him. He gets over that sort of that he wants to be a fly off. Because he's doing much. He's uh, got to give up that dream. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to give up that dream. He's he's in with a shot as the buck fifteen if he gives up that dream. Yeah. I mean, he he like he just he's so fast, so he can move from being a covering fullback to being an attacking option in the line so quickly that the the defense can't read it. I mean, that that yeah. little chip kick Cameron Wright did. He called that, and he was in the line within a second, and then he you know collected the pass. Like it was amazing how quickly he got into position there. Like he's reading the game, his his cerebral like input mm. is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he just needs to add a bit more of that kind of 
roughness and balance to his game that Galan's got, and I think then he will be, you know. No, but, but I, I don't. I don't think he needs that. I think if you get a proper, a proper fourteen, like a tough, someone like Combrink playing properly or um, Van Vake, or even, in, in course, he did that job relatively well. I, I would, I, I would, prefer, I would prefer it if he could kick. But um, I, I don't. I think Bosch can kind of stay the size he is. Like he doesn't need to get physical. He's never going to be knocking players no, over. Like why? Yeah. Like you shouldn't I'm... try and make him something he's not. Mm. I think the problem at the moment is that we don't really have that kind of a right winger. I don't think Combrick's deserving of anything close to a box spot at the moment. He's been playing so terribly. Yeah, yeah, his form's been shit. Yeah. I hope this isn't his... I don't know. I mean, I, it's a difficult one. I'd, I'd actually maybe consider playing Galant there and then Bosch or... I mean, I don't want Andres could see a fullback, but... Or even I Lades. I mean, Lades, yeah. Lades is a good yeah. option as well. Yeah, Lades is a solid option. He wasn't he wasn't weak last year, um, but it, you know then you definitely can't go with Bosch at fullback if you've got Lades as your right wing. No, definitely not. That's just yeah, very light. Yeah, we don't have we don't have balance then. I don't because yeah. I, I I I want the right wing to have a have a boot as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like either Lades or or Galant at right wing as options, and then I don't know either Galant or Bosch. Correspondingly, I, I wouldn't go. Late hasn't had a great season, to be honest. But I think that's no, not just think that's like down that. to the storm is really more than late. So I think he's been starved of ball rather than him being no, no, badly. But, but the, the, this is what I'm saying. There, there needs to be a there needs to be a directive coming from the top that says, okay, I want Lades at 14 or I want Lades at 15. You the, and then the Stormers don't have a choice. Yeah. They, yeah, I feel they, like they've they, been happening. Though. I mean, they've been making that calls, the, those calls, and other players. So, like, yo, you know, they said they made that call about Master. They made that call about Thomas Detroit. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that Thomas is happening. He's, he's. Yeah. I've been very impressed with his trajectory this season. He started so horrendously, but he's actually. I mean, he's not dominating players, but he's he's quite comfortably being holding his own now in the last two games. I mean, he held his own against Kitzoff last week, and you saw what Kitzoff did against. Okay, yeah, I mean, was it wasn't say, Trevor, but like, yeah, Kitzoff, you saw what he did to the Bulls scrum, like. Yeah. Yeah, and Thomas Toy held it. Like he wasn't what do you reckon, dominated. Like, what do you reckon, Matt? Matt is he ahead of schedule? I don't know if he's ahead of schedule. Let's let, look. You, you you don't you don't win tight head in May. Yeah, you don't <laughs> you don't win the <laughs> cup tight head in May, Alex. Everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah, you don't, so, you don't win Super Rugby so, in July. So yeah, he could maybe he could maybe he could be. I don't think he's ahead of schedule just yet. He's just having a good form. He might be finding his own. But yeah, I'm still holding to. He's most probably going to come right in like three years' time. I, I think I'm just impressed that the speed at which he's come to grips with it. Like yeah. I was expecting yeah. to be a very, very rough season for him, but he's actually, you know, he's he's not a liability anymore. He's now just not a dominant force, I would say. I mean, look again, yeah. he must come against a couple of other props to, to, before we make a yeah. decision. But yeah, well, let, let, let's not let's not cash in our chips on him just yet. Yeah, because I mean, if we, let's, if let's we had be a honest, the Highlanders, the Highlanders won. The Highlanders scrum is not the scrum as ought to be. Yeah. But if we if that's we had why, a test, that's why they have the roof. That's, yeah. No, the roof. If we yeah, if we so. had a if we had a test match, I was gonna say like we have a test match at Forsyth Bar, I would be happy with Thomas Detroit playing playing tight end for the box, because then we just have to back ourselves not to drop the ball too often. And other than the scrums, he's pretty amazing at the moment. He's definitely one of yeah, the yeah. He's, he's on the front. He's, he's up no, there. He's work rate. I, yeah. I don't fault his. I don't fault his work rate. I think I have said that before. I don't fault his work yeah. rate. Yeah. 
it's his one job though his set piece job is the only place that i'm so oh, cagey of about. course um i definitely don't think he's you know i, I reckon the book tight ends should still be low and um and then either either trevor or malherb if he comes right you know for, for the june mm. test but it's just pleasing to see that he's not getting destroyed for as long as Cooney was getting destroyed. Fuck, yeah. yeah. It took forever well, to come you're right. You're giving me PTSD nightmares now by bringing up Quitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but it was a great game. Really really good win for the Sharks. Oh, I just, fuck. I cannot, I cannot fathom how you can have such terrible handling on, in your home conditions. Like, uh, I don't get it. Uh, we've, we've gone over this so many times in the past. It's, 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 it's that slippery humidity, Alex. It's that slippery humidity. Obviously, oh, fuck's sake. the humidity in Durban is slightly this, oilier than the rest of the world or something. I don't know. No, no, but why is it only appeared in 2018? Like, 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 it has, this is I was going to say climate change, Ben. Climate change. Have you not been listening? <laughs> but Trump also, they, they, I feel Trump like this has been for the last forever. Like yeah, I think it has been, yeah, I think it has been a chronic I mean, issue. Dick Muir has been saying, like, and he's been blaming it for 30 years. Like, so There's got to be a way to, to fix it. Like Ben says, like, hose down the ball and, and practice that way. Like, just get better at your handling. Because there's got to be a way to... I don't there's, know. Like, there they, should, the they should have saying, a home advantage over it. Is there anything saying in the rules? Like, bowls players have, like, like grippo, which is like a little sticky substance you rub in your hands and all that. Truly, mm. is that against the rules in rugby? No, no, I, I saw someone putting it on the other day. I think it was Milan yeah. Nana. He had like a funny... Um, it's like a little, he was put putting on. on. It's like a little paste and you just wipe it in your hands and it makes your hands tackier or stickier. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just but I think, that, I think what they should do is they, they should try and like specialize in wet, in like wet ball conditions, right? So they should, first of all, just get good at it. And then, like, you know when you have a line out and in, in, rainy, in rainy conditions, the hooker goes and gets the towel for the ball. So you, the the sharks should do the exact opposite. They should have like a bucket of water. Just, so when <laughs> the, every time so there's the a stoppage, they like soak the ball, and then they just like beat down teams that have no way how to play with a wet with a wet ball. <laughs> so, they, so what you're they, saying they is should, like, they should. The guy just grabs yeah. a water bottle and just douses it over the ball before he does exactly. the line-up. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, just soaks the ball. And they, sit, and they, they let they, it marinate overnight. On, on tour, they get it wrong, and he's got like he's only got Powerade, but he doesn't give it down. You're just throwing Powerade over the ball. Exactly. And it's all sticky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'll go sticky <laughs> after it dries a bit, but it'll be wet initially for the line-out. And if you keep, <laughs> if you keep basting it, then it should, it should yeah, stay wet. keep the basting it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. I, think, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was about to suggest they they sandpaper the grit uh, the grip off the ball, but then I realised that could, that could be a bit controversial. Huh? Yeah, I think. <laughs> let's let's next thing we know we're looking at 38 straight losses to Australia then, Ben. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I want to I want to I want to see the stats, but I would say we we must be pretty close to even against New Zealand teams this year. This year. Yeah. This year we can't be. That's Historically, it's a shit show, but ben, that that ranks third as the third most believable stat of the night after the, the Lavanini <laughs> yeah. yellow cards yeah, and the on their soil, game. and they've won definitely more than one on our soil. So no, no, okay. So so the Crusaders beat the Lions. The Blues beat the Lions. We beat yeah. the, the Thailand Bulls. Stormers beat the, the Highlanders. Blues. Beat the Highlanders beat the Bulls. Yeah. So okay. So. Okay, and then, what I'm saying, then on, like 50-50, but they've won five out of six or four out of five against us on their soil. No, yeah, seven out of six. Close to 50-50. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm right. Yeah, we, African soil. 
Yeah, I think on SA Soil, we're batting a little bit more positively. Mm. Okay, but, but but point of story. Um, also, can we count Argentina in the South African they're conference? Not conference. Yeah, they're not conference. They're not conference. They count. They're not conference. That's cheating. No. They, they like steak. They are South African. Yeah. Um, they like steaks. They like red wine. I mean, what, what more is there, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like getting yellow <laughs> cards. That's the East World culture. Um, they like scrumming. <laughs> yeah, they like scrumming. Come on. Guys, I'm my vegetables. It, okay, let's, it's let's, a fuck load better than Australia's doing. Let's sign yes. us, and then before Alex's roast veg chars too much. Yeah. Guys, you can find us on SoundCloud or iTunes, Acast, and Stitcher. All should be under Elite Rugby Banter. And what you... what the fuck, Stitcher? It's a it's a podcast hosting platform, much like Acast is. And SoundCloud is largely for independent rappers to put out their mixtapes. So we're really cool like that. Um, yeah. So if everyone can rate, oh. review, and subscribe. So I think Thank that you. covers everything. So let's say goodbye. Alex, cheers. Cheers. Thanks very much, guys. It was a good chat. No worries. Ben, cheers. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Cool. And Ant, cheers. Glad to have you. Maybe we'll have you again in the future. You've been insightful. Hey, thanks for, for bringing me along. It was yeah, a lot of fun. Oh, excellent. Thanks. Cool.